0: Welcome to Awesome with Allison, and Eric, too. Who are you? Obviously, I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with my one, my only, my sexy husband, lover, pleasant pictures, Mr. Eric Robertson. Good morning. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm I have so, no complaints.
0: I'm so glad. I am so sore. Have you heard me tell you?
1: Yeah. How the first sore thing I, am? I woke up this morning is she asked me to rub her arm.
0: So, if you're listening to this podcast, it will be happening or already happening my 12 days of dance miss dance miss dance miss dance miss. And how I did 12 days of dance miss is I recorded all 12 dance videos. In one day. And I know that doesn't seem like very much or maybe that big a deal to you.
1: Just wait till you see them and you'll know.
0: You'll know. And what happens when I do the dance videos is I usually do them in a few takes and I go all out. For about sixty seconds, it's kind of this performance monster takes over me when I'm preparing for something like that or when I'm on stage. It's like the adrenaline or whatever it is. I don't feel things that I would normally feel. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like the mother who lifts the car off of her child.
1: Yeah, equally as important. Equally as important. Sharing, sharing these important dance moves.
0: Okay, but the reason I did twelve <laughs> days of dance miss is because I genuinely was brainstorming. Okay, well. What can I give to people who are feeling down or sad? And, you know, we do the podcast. We have the Year of Awesome calendar, you know. But I think that when people are in a a very depressed state, when I think of the times that I've been the lowest in my life, what are you doing? You're scrolling. You're scrolling, man. You're scrolling Mm -hmm. on social media. Your fingers just leading you you're not leading your finger Mm -hmm. and that's what I want the 12 days of dance miss I want to interrupt that scroll with a little bit of cheer so I gave all I had to give well
1: mission accomplished you had me laughing pretty hard yesterday
0: well I also gave more I I wanted to give all I had to give but I gave more than I actually had to give
1: yeah so that's why the arm rub my body
0: aches from mistakes And speaking of giving all we have to give, we are so excited for this episode 39, the greatest gift you can give yourself and others too. We are thrilled to talk about this. We are talking about forgiveness. Oh, such a sexy, dramatic, sizzling topic. (laughs) So this episode is how to give the gift of forgiveness. I don't want you to think we forgot that episode 31 is freaking forgive yourself already. And I just wanted to quickly say the differences between these two episodes. In episode 31, we're really talking about cutting yourself some slack, like not being so hard on yourself. And Eric and I each share a couple of experiences where letting go of just like kind of hounding on ourselves has really helped us. We're gonna definitely cover some of the the same things that we talked about in episode 31 when we talked about forgiveness. But in this episode, we're talking a little bit more how to apply a deeper forgiveness to yourself and to other people, like we're bringing other people into the mix. And we're also talking about the history of the word forgiveness, what it really means. And so, of course, there's some overlap, but I don't know about you guys. I don't remember every good thing that I know all the time. So we hope that the repetition, well, we actually know that the repetition will be helpful and maybe spark some new ideas for you in the few things that overlap. And if you would like to listen to episode 31 about forgiving yourself and cutting yourself some slack, you can do that too. We're going to share why we felt inspired or excited to talk to you about this today in just a minute. But first, we're going to start with a couple of segments. And I haven't done this I always am doing this segment, but, you know, formally, sharing is caring. I wanted to share another podcast that I think is awesome. It is Oprah's Super Soul uh, Conversations. Duh. Obviously, I love Oprah. Sometimes I get more out of certain podcast episodes than others, like I'm sure you experienced with our podcast episode. So when I listen to something that really moves me and really touches me and really changes my life, I, I love to share that with you. Hence, sharing is caring. She did a two-part interview with Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Love, Pray. I would try to get that in the right order. But I would like to say more specifically how I like to think of Elizabeth Gilbert as the author of Big Magic, which if you read or have seen the movie Eat, Love, Pray, great high five, it's awesome. She's a great writer. But if you haven't read Big Magic, I don't think you're getting the full Elizabeth Gilbert picture. I want to recognize I recommend that book and I also want to recommend the two conversations, the two interviews that the Oprah Super Soul conversations with Oprah and Elizabeth Gilbert. They talk a lot about journey, the hero's journey, which is referring to Joseph Campbell and the power of myth. I love it. I love it so much. And what I love about this particular conversation is they talk about how, as women, we have historically not been given or have had examples of the hero's journey. That throughout time, throughout Greek history, the Bible, throughout everything, women have had such little example. And Joseph Campbell argues, well, they'll go, they'll go into it in the interview. But either way, I found it so empowering and uplifting, and it inspired me to start, I'm actually now listening to the six-part interview with Joseph Campbell about the power of myth that I think it's Bill Moyers.
1: But you were going to finish the thought that women haven't had the example throughout history that the men have had of heroes and the hero's journey. Exactly.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that is the thought. And they talk about that more in depth. But the reason it really resonated with me is because so often I feel like, you know, we have a whole podcast episode. I have no idea what I'm doing, right? But even more than that, it's why I say, if you feel called to do it, freaking do it. And it was something that that I just like came up with and felt right and it felt true to me and it really inspired me and then they base it in all of this literature and I'm like, oh... Okay, it's just something else everybody already said. But but anyway, we don't have a lot of that example. And I believe that Oprah and Elizabeth Gilbert are both shining and setting that example, whether they're your type of people or not. They're out there. They're doing it. And I just, I respect people who are doing it, who are trying to make a positive impact in the world. So anyway, listen to those two episodes. They don't have episode numbers. So just look for Elizabeth Gilbert. There's part one and there's part two. Regardless of if the titles speak to you, I think you should listen to them. That's how I feel about that. Cool. Okay, for our second segment, it's usually nobody cares about your kids, but we almost feel like we should retitle it to The Wisdom of Rad.
1: Yeah, Rad's Wisdom Hour.
0: Rad's Wisdom Hour. We're going to be enabling Rad, our four-year-old <laughs> son, to start his podcast
1: soon. Rad's <laughs> Wisdom be more Hour. Than, he'd be more than happy to get on a microphone.
0: Rad, he just has life figured out. In so many ways. Like, he doesn't have the alphabet figured out.
1: No. Academically, he is lacking.
0: That's not nice to
1: say. Well, we're just talking about how his strengths are so strong in other ways.
0: Yeah, okay. Well...
1: His emotional maturity. His emotional
0: maturity. Compassion. And compassion. He's
1: he's leading the charge in our family in a lot of these things.
0: He is. And today, uh, he was... Today I was taking him to school and I heard him going, thank you for letting me buckle you seatbelt. I turned around and he hadn't buckled the seatbelt yet. He was preemptively thanking the seatbelt for letting him buckle with ease because buckling his seatbelt is something he struggles with. And I have noticed this about Rad. He'll say, gee, I hope I get a blue gumball and we go and they have a little gumball machine and he always gets the blue gumball. And it's not because he's lucky. I believe it's that he's tapped into the principle that if you're ready to receive it, you will achieve it.
1: Right. He He, is on that energy wavelength for sure. He
0: really is on that energy wavelength where he is living as if the results are already accomplished. Yeah.
1: And we don't, we should talk to our kids more about what we talk about. We live what we talk about, but we don't talk to Rad about this. He's just doing it.
0: I lectured uh, the 12 year old that we take to school. I told Elijah today he didn't want to go ice skating. And he was like, I'm going to be comfortable reading a good book. And I was like, nothing ever exciting comes of being comfortable, Elijah. Like <laughs> I was like, his mom's going to really appreciate me taking part of my keynote on big picture thinking and lecturing her son on the way to (laughs) carpool. Sorry, Colleen, uh, but no, I, I I tried I tried to talk to them about the principles, right. but but that, I think that's an example of a way to break it down so a child can understand it. Right. But anyway, Rad is living big picture thinking, episode twenty eight of the podcast, in that you act as if the results you want are already achieved.
1: I just I just wish he'd apply that to finding his shoes and socks.
0: He's working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but nobody cares about your kids. We are so excited to get into episode 39. End of the year, tis the season of giving and receiving and being stressed and reflecting on our lives and thinking, how did this last year go? How do I want my next year to go? I know that's something I've been trying to be really conscious about. For me, that means really prayerful about it, keeping it in my mind, taking notes on it in my notebook. Who do I want to be in Twitter? 2018. And I heard that, I think it was from Marie Forleo, a piece of advice that she had is instead of your question being, what should I do? What do I want to do? What should I be doing? Having your leading question be, who do I want to be? And that has been so helpful for me when thinking about 2018 and just thinking about life. Yeah. Because you know, my driving question so often is what should I be doing? Yeah. Not even what should I be doing? What am I supposed to? Yeah. To be doing, which makes it this big, heavy, cosmic thing. Oh
1: my gosh, with no answers.
0: With no answers, which makes everything so heavy and definite and just intense. And just this idea of who do I want to be? Using that as my guiding force for making goals for 2018 has been been really amazing. But here's what inspired this podcast episode today. The greatest gift you can give yourself and others too, forgiveness. A couple of weeks ago, I was just feeling really blah. And it wasn't anything hormonal. It wasn't any life situation that I could place it on. I was really just trying to examine why I was feeling so unsettled and so blah. It really took a lot of reflection and thinking and reading and just feeling the feelings to realize it had to do with multiple things. But one of them was that I was, I think I was harboring some resentment. In this case, it did not feel as though hashing out and having a huge conversation was going to be uh, yield a positive result for this resentment. Okay. So then I was left with the task of dealing with it on my own. That's why I want to talk about forgiveness. And I had the thought, as you have listened and witnessed, <laughs> if you've listened to any episodes of this podcast, sister over here Allison has been reading <laughs> I've been doing my reading. I've been doing my research. I read, 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 read. And as I have read countless books, talks, listen to podcasts, taken courses, classes, all of the different things, one kind of emerging theme is that you can only feel an emotion to the degree for other people that you feel it for yourself. So for example, if you want to really wholeheartedly love someone else, The more that you love yourself and let go of hate and let go of anything that's holding you back from accepting yourself— You'll be able to accept others to a greater degree. So with that in mind, as I was thinking, I'm, I'm harboring some resentment. And then, of course, my first inclination when I'm doing anything like that is to be like, you're such a bad person, Allison. Why would you harbor resentment? You know, I had that thought, you need to forgive yourself before you can forgive this other person. And I thought, forgive myself for what? You know, like... <laughs> Because, and it's not even like in this situation, I'm blaming myself for something or blaming someone else. It was just kind of this idea, this overall idea of... I need to forgive myself of anything and everything that I'm not forgiving myself of. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to fully forgive the people around me or forgive them to the degree that I want to forgive them.
1: I think this is really hard for people to accept that you yeah. can't. I know it's hard for me to accept, but it logically makes sense that I can't have more of compassion or love. I'm not capable of that if I don't have it inside me to give, if I'm not giving it we to want to self.
0: believe that we can love, let's say I can love Eric more than I can love myself. But if you follow that logic, if you follow that reasoning, and again I'm not saying that you should love yourself so much that you place yourself above others, that's not the logic, right? No,
1: that doesn't that doesn't work. Usually it's it's the opposite.
0: It is. But if you follow that logic that I should love Eric more than I love myself, it kind of takes you down the strain of that other people become responsible for your happiness. Yeah. Other people become responsible for your emotions. And I, I always think about the commandment to love thy neighbor as you love yourself. And we think, okay, that means I need to love my neighbor. But I think really part of that idea is you also need to be loving yourself. If you're not loving yourself, how are you going to love your na- love your neighbor as you
1: love yourself? Yeah.
0: Right? Which I think is just really interesting and really blows people's minds. Yeah, because
1: this, this isn't something to easily accept. You got to think about this and kind of work it out.
0: Yeah. And, and like anything we talk about on the podcast, we don't expect you to say, oh, yes, Eric and Allison are oh, such geez. geniuses. Nope. <laughs> you ask, ask yourself, does this serve me? You know, does this ring true in my life? Life. Does thinking about this serve me? And again, that question of who do I want to be? Does this idea bring me closer to being the person that I want to be? But I just want to testify that I have felt this in my own life. And back to the story of why we wanted to do this podcast episode, I started having to just cut myself some slack and forgive myself for any little thing I felt like I wasn't doing or living up to. As I started doing that, and it honestly wasn't some big process. I don't have five steps for you to follow. (laughs) I don't have a checklist for you. It was an awareness. As I started to open my heart to being okay with what was happening with me and forgiving myself for not being perfect, honestly. Uh-huh. I felt the resentment and the anger that I had been feeling for some other people just lift. And I didn't have to have a big conversation with them. And again, it wouldn't have been helpful.
1: Yeah, most things that we got to fix ourselves. We have
0: to fix ourselves. Now, Eric and I talked about this because we're like, we both don't consider ourselves as people who hold grudges or hold resentment. And I said, I think our tendency. Eric and I have a similar tendency. We will assume all responsibility and all blame for a situation, but we will do that to a fault in which in our relationship, Eric will unknowingly be harboring resentment against me, um, but be trying to fix it all by himself. And then I poke and poke and poke and poke and and prod and prod and prod, and then finally he will break and be pretty (laughs) mad. But I get what I want, even if it's not in the way that I want it, where he finally expresses some anger with me, then I go, now I have a chance to apologize. And so I think that's something to ask yourself is, are you making it so another person can't apologize? and And, when it comes to to me, and it comes to Eric, I know that he usually would like an opportunity to apologize. And I've had this with my friend Susan. And actually, with my friend Kim, I said, "Hey, you hurt my feelings that you didn't do this." <laughs> and I was really embarrassed to tell her because it was so silly. You know, I know it's,
1: it sucks to admit your feelings were hurt.
0: It, it does, and I felt so stupid, and, and she wasn't, the like, it wasn't, this wasn't the situation where I was holding resentment yeah, yeah, yeah. against my friend Kim, yeah. where I said, hey, you didn't do this, and it kind of hurt my feelings, and it was, like, two weeks after the fact, and she just looked at me, and she's like, I'm so sorry, and I knew that that was something that she would want a chance to apologize for. Yeah, most
1: most of the time, the other the person small would, would they'd apologize immediately, you just feel so dumb. Admitting that you felt yeah slighted or whatever,
0: and you know what the point I got myself to though when I had the conversation was I didn't need her apology to forgive her, uh-huh. and I think that that is the big ticket is that I wanted to get myself to, and again, it was so small. It was like she hadn't done something for me that I thought she was going to do (laughs) and it just hurt my feelings and it was no big deal. And it shouldn't, in my mind, I'm like, it shouldn't have hurt my feelings. I know she cares about me. I know she loves me.
1: So you're saying you're not a robot.
0: I'm saying I I am not a robot. But in that case with my friend Kim, I said playfully, you know, and and really truly. Her apology meant a lot. And it was so, uh, that's why she's one of my good friends. And I continue to really invest in that relationship. She just turned around and apologized. And honestly, it's been really sweet. She's been making like a concerted effort to be a closer friend after we had the conversation, you know? Uh-huh. But I gave her an opportunity to apologize. And I think that's something you need to ask yourself when you're trying to forgive someone is number one, I think it's really good to get to a place before you confront or have a conversation conversation with the person that you its your happiness is not contingent on the your forgiveness yeah. is not contingent on them apologizing. Yeah. And that's what I think so many people misunderstand and I misunderstand as well is that forgiveness does not have to be contingent on other people.
1: Yes, can I jump into something before yeah. we go away? So on mm-hmm. um, th- there's this study they did on 39 people in um, in relationships. Um, what, what they did is they they measured the levels of cortisol in the saliva of 39 people who rated their relationships as either terrific or terrible. Cortisol is a it's a hormone that metabolizes fat for a quick response to stress. Mm. All right, and after the stress ends, deposits it deposits the fat back where it's easily accessible around the waist. Oh. So people with these people who are less likely to forgive in relationships or had these you know they'd have higher stress levels. And And that's where your gut weight. So what what does this mean? I'm I'm grabbing my belly right here.
0: Oh, honey, I know it means Doritos for you.
1: Yeah, (laughs) okay. Fair enough.
0: (laughs) But also, maybe you aren't forgiving people.
1: Okay, I'm going to do better.
0: Good. Okay. So I was thinking about the word forgiveness, And what it means, and I looked up its Latin root. And the Latin word, and I could be totally botching this, is something along the lines of perdonare. And it means to give completely without reservation. Then I wanted to see, okay, like break that word down. And per is the prefix that means thoroughly. And donare means to give. And so that's where forgive comes from. And it means to give completely without reservation. And so I think it's so interesting when we think about the definition or the etymology, essentially, of the word forgive is that Give is in the word, and it means to give completely and without reservation. In the 79th verse of the Tao, it says, To the giver comes the fullness of life, to the taker, just an empty hand. And I want to say that one more time To the giver comes the fullness of life, to the taker, just an empty hand. I think when we are talking about forgiveness, we are giving thoroughly that forgiveness, that pardon. We're the giver. And what comes to the giver, the fullness of life. But when we are sitting around passively waiting for the apology, waiting for the reconciliation, we are the taker. And so often the taker is the one with the outstretched Empty hand,
1: right? Before we did the podcast, you and I are talking about how I mean, we we are humans, so we've had we've had offenses given to us. We've you know we've mm-hmm. lived a pretty normal life. We haven't had anything really tragic or, that we've had to forgive someone. That we've else had for. to forgive, yeah. So that's the thing is, like, if you're out there experiencing something that's truly offensive, we don't know how hard that would be to forgive, yeah. But that doesn't mean there's not not hope. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we heard the story about there was a shooter in Pennsylvania. Uh, a guy came in and, to a school and shot like 10 out of the 20 school children. And immediately the congregation was forgiving and comforting the shooter's family. And, you know, we hear these stories of people having the capacity to forgive in the most terrible Well, circumstance. I have
0: dear friends who have shared accounts of forgiveness for family members, or, you know what I mean? And right. I'm not going to share other people's stories or information, Absolutely. but. I I've looked into the eyes of people who have forgiven things that as they're telling me the story, I don't feel like I can forgive. <laughs> yeah. And really, truly, I believe it's like witnessing a miracle when i watch Absolutely. these people forgive and I, and i do believe it's a miracle but i also believe in miracles and the miracles exist
1: right so we just wanted to say that there is hope we've we've seen it in other people not we don't have personal experience but just wanted to throw that out there one cool thing one of my favorite authors Eckhart Tolle in The Power of Now he he speaks a lot about forgiveness and he uses a lot of words that might not have a lot of weight but he says, through forgiveness, which essentially means recognizing the insubstantiality of the past and allowing the present moment to be as it is, the miracle of transformation happens not only within, but also without. A silent space of intense presence arises both in you and around you. And whoever or whatever enters that field of consciousness will be affected by it, sometimes visibly and immediately, and sometimes at deeper levels with visible changes appearing at a later time. So that's what you've seen is these people who have forgiven. mm mm-hmm abhorrent acts or whatever yeah, they have this, it's a miracle and you can feel that like intense presence and peace and it is a miracle what
0: I love about that quote from Eckhart Tolle is that you're is it does it say you're recognizing the um abstentibili- what uns- it says
1: through forgiveness which essentially means recognizing the insubstantiality of the past and allowing the present moment to be as it is
0: in, why is that such a hard word? In, insubstantiality. Insubstantiality. Insubstantiality of the past. Yeah. Which essentially means the imperfection, the flaw. Yeah. The flaw. I think that this should definitely be said is that forgiveness does not mean there are not consequences. Right. Forgiveness does not mean that there is no justice and that people should not have consequences for their actions forgiveness doesn't mean that we should be a doormat that is the principle for me of investing in people who invest in you that if somebody continuously mistreats you you can forgive them but do not continue to emotionally physically with your time or otherwise invest in that person and that doesn't mean you don't love them it doesn't mean you don't forgive them it means that there there are consequences and if somebody is continuously mistreating those around them, people are going to disconnect from them. I wanted to share this quote about forgiveness, another definition of forgiveness that I that I found really powerful. It's from Dr. Sydney Simon, who is an authority on values realization. This is a definition of forgiveness as it applies to human relationships. Forgiveness is freeing up and putting to better use the energy once consumed by holding grudges, harboring resentments, and nursing unhealed wounds. It is re- Rediscovering the strengths we always had and relocating our limitless capacity to understand and accept other people and ourselves. And I just, I love, it's relocating our limitless capacity to understand and accept other people and ourselves. And I did a keynote, was that this week? No, it was last week. Yeah. I don't even know what day it is. Okay, I did a keynote last week and I, I talked about big picture thinking versus small picture thinking. And I based it off of podcast episode 28 because it has gotten such incredible feedback and it's helped so many people that I feel like it's a really awesome universal message. So I talked about big picture thinking versus small picture thinking. This is something I learned recently that as human beings, we have limitless ability to learn and to grow. We have exponential possibility for growth in our minds, mentally. Our bodies can't grow exponentially, but our minds can grow exponentially. We were talking about forgiveness and for me, and again, I said, I I can't give you steps or tips, but we did try to break it down into, we do have like five stepping stones you could look at. And for me, one of those is turning to God. If you don't believe in God or that's not something that resonates with you, I think the concept of turning to God, really taking a step back from that is putting in perspective how small we are in the universe. When we turn to God, when we turn to a higher power, when we look to the universe or connect to a deeper source, really, truly what that's doing is it's saying we are one small part of a whole. And there is power and there are things that exist that are beyond our understanding and that exponential growth I believe is a part of that. Uh-huh. So for me, I I believe that that exponential growth is a part of like a godhood, uh-huh. right? It connects us to God, and and we have this ability to grow and this greatness as either a child of God or or, or whatever it is you uh-huh. connect to. But for other people, that just might be an infinite connection to the universe. Uh-huh. But if you want to connect it to science, because you need that, but also because I think it's cool, just really looking at our minds. Humans, human beings, I believe if this was the research I was reading, are the only being that, you know, we know of (laughs) that is capable of exponential growth in their mind. Right. And so as I said, Eric and I were talking, we always like to say, well, how? So we're saying forgiving others. We're saying that it's powerful. We're saying it can change your life. We're saying- There's health
1: health benefits. There's
0: health benefits. I love what Dr. Sidney Simon said is that forgiveness is freeing up and putting to better use the energy where your energy flows grows. If that energy is flowing towards resentment and harboring grudges, that's what's going to grow in your life Then we always get into the how, though How do we do that? This is how for me, and I put it into five parts And the first part is that you recognize it How do you recognize that you need to forgive someone? How do you recognize that you're harboring resentment if you if you don't understand it? Or how do you recognize the exact feelings? And for me, it comes down to thinking about it And I know that seems so simple, but honestly, guys, we don't think that much. We perform tasks. We
1: occupy ourselves a lot. We
0: occupy ourselves. We worry. We get in thought loops, but really, truly sitting and thinking. And what stimulates thought for me is reading books, listening to podcasts. Being still. Being still, meditating, exercising exercising is the number one thing that stimulates thought for me because I think what exercise does for me is it puts me into a meditative state where I quiet my mind and I be, and I begin to be able to think. So, so step number one for forgiving or getting ready to forgive, forgiving others, forgiving yourself is you recognize it. And then step number two is admitting it. In order to forgive ourselves especially, we have to admit that we made a mistake. Why is it so hard to admit? Well, admitting that we made a mistake, admitting that we're not, perfect, there's vulnerability in that. We're flawed humans. We don't like to admit it. We don't like to admit that we might be doing things that are counterproductive to what we view our life as. So if I believe that I'm this great person who loves people and doesn't hold grudges, for me to admit I might be holding a grudge makes me go, but I don't hold grudges. That's not me. Who am I? You know?
1: At that moment, you're your ego, as Eckhart yeah. like Tolle would say.
0: Yeah, it's the ego. And so you need to admit it. And then number three, the step number three is evaluate your values. Okay, so we've recognized we're holding resentment or we've recognized that there's something that needs to be resolved. We admit that we have a part to play in it because we cannot make change from a state of blame. Mm -hmm. So even if it's somebody else's problem, we cannot blame somebody else for making it so that we cannot forgive them.
1: You're the taker with the empty hand waiting for someone to do something.
0: Exactly. So number three is we look at our values. What are your values? Who do you want to be? And then step number four is... Ask, is holding on to this resentment, is feeling this feeling, is it serving me? And hold that up against your values. And then step number five for me, as I alluded to earlier, is that I then turn to God. And I ask for divine assistance and help in forgiving myself, forgiving others, because I don't believe that I can do it myself. And again, we don't get really religious on the podcast, but we are talking about spirituality a lot of the time because these are matters of the soul. These are not just matters of the mind. These are matters of the spirit. And for me, in order to really get perspective and understanding, I need to turn to God. And for you, that might be connecting to the universe, realizing that there's a world bigger beyond you, and that power can come from from an infinite source.
1: One final thought that I had to help me forgive and to see people as they really are, once again, I'm going back to The Power of Now, that book by Eckhart Tolle, is he says, offenses or things done wrong are done by people who are unconscious. Mm-hmm. They're hurt, and they're either living in the past or the future, and it's their ego acting out when they're doing these things that hurt us. It is not their true self. Yeah, And when we can accept our true self, we see others as their true self, and we can forgive much easier. And that's helped me. That's given me an awesome perspective.
0: And it also comes back to what we always talk about in The Four Agreements, not taking it personally. Right. That we believe that people are hurting us from a place of personalization. And the example that he gives in the book, The Four Agreements, is that if somebody comes up and shoots you in the head, that you shouldn't take it personally. Because it is a reflection of their own brokenness, a reflection of something that could have been passed on to them through other people. Right. It's not... The idea that we don't take responsibility for our actions. This has nothing to do with it. It's the idea that we take full responsibility for our own actions. And that's why I love that the word forgiveness has give in it because it truly is the greatest gift that you can give another person and yourself. But in order to do it, we have to do so without expectation. Right. Because that is the definition of a gift. So we hope these thoughts on forgiveness have served you. Eric and I don't pretend to be experts on anything other than our own life experience. We read articles, we read books, we live life, and then we turn around and hope to share it with you. I felt particularly inspired to or propelled or prompted or whatever you want to call it to share this. And maybe it's because I needed it, but maybe it's because... Somebody out there needed it. Maybe somebody will have some more insight that they want to share with us, a story they want to share. We would love to hear that. We appreciate you guys so much. And I just, I know that forgiving myself and being a little bit easier and having some more grace and love and compassion for myself has made me a better person. It's made me a better mom. It's made me a better spouse. It's made me a better content creator. Freaking easing up on myself <laughs> a little bit. Just lighten up, man. It's all okay. You're doing your best. You're amazing. And we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Eric, do you have a podcast review for us? I do.
1: This is by Chels Crop. Everyone needs to listen to Allison with one L and Eric, too. Seriously, I feel like this podcast was a gift, wrapped in a pink, shimmery paper with sparkling bow on top. Not only have I listened, learned, loved, and lived this podcast's wealth of wisdom, I have also been able to pass on what I have learned. I have the extreme privilege of being a middle school counselor and have been able to tie several knowledge nuggets into my classroom lessons and individual lessons. I wish you could have seen the attention and focus my eighth graders showed us as I guided them through a gratitude practice.
0: (gasps) That. With
1: all the craziness around, they're able to quiet the noise of life and follow along. And I thank you for that. I'm so happy to have found this podcast and to be a part of the awesome empire. Allison's bawling right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chell's Crop, C-H-E-L-S-K-R-O-P-P. Email us at podcast at without awesomewithal- What is it?
0: Awesome with Allison at com. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was crying, so I couldn't. He had to keep talking, but usually I do the the logistics. Thank you so much for that. We want to thank all of you. There have been some really, really amazing reviews lately. They're always amazing, and we appreciate it so much. The reason why we appreciate it so much is because when you leave ratings and reviews, one, we get to read it, and it feels good. And it's awesome. And two, it bumps us up in the algorithm. It helps other people find the podcast, which is why we say sharing is caring. The best way to thank a content creator, if you like what they do, is to share about it. So another way you can do that is by clicking on the three little dots in the bottom of the podcast episode. And you could, you could text or email this episode to a friend who you think might need it or any of our episodes. And we really appreciate that. And as always, I just want to remind you guys, only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. So forgive yourself. <laughs> okay, Eric, do you have a song to take us out on?
1: Yeah, do you, do you even care about Pleasant Pictures Music Club?
0: Eric, I care so much about Pleasant Pictures Music Club that I wrote like your website for you. That's
1: true. You and care I did a really
0: it. good job on it, too. That's true. Well, you wrote it, and I just you know helped you edit it. That's
1: right. Here's another track from that. We got a good response from the one last week. I'm going to make you cry again. This one's called Ocean Cliff.